Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and tonight on this episode, or it's nighttime when we're recording, it may be morning when you're listening to us, so whatever it is, day, night, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to us, we're going to be doing something a little bit different with this episode. And what is that? We're going to kind of look back at what we've reviewed so far in the 2005 and the 2006 series and kind of just do a retrospective and get some opinions. Who are we? Of course, I'm Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast is Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am well, sir, and hope you are the same. I'm quite well. I'm looking forward to having something that we're just kind of winging it, just <laughs> talking about Doctor Who, so I'm going to speculate that we'll have plenty to talk about because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Clarence Brown, how are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to be on again. So, gentlemen, got a quick question. What's going on with you guys? Anything newsworthy that you've got going on? You mean Doctor Who newsworthy? or Any newsworthy. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Clarence and I are still um, um, squeaking out episodes of Relativity once a week. Yeah. And this is episode nine that I'm trying to get together. I think, you know, I'm writing a book and um, I've been uh, commissioned to write another play. And all of those deadlines are hurtling towards me at express train speed. And, uh, you know, so I'm trying to keep up on that. So um, I, I want to mention really quick um there's an upcoming episode, and I just got home a few minutes ago, so it may already be posted by the time that we're recording, but had a fun time last night talking about Star Trek Voyager's first episode on discussing Trek. That was really, really cool, and I had fun talking about it. I can't say enough about Star Trek Voyager because that was one of my favorites. Yes, yes, yes. That was a very fun review, and um. I will say, if you like Captain Janeway, uh, don't watch the Netflix show. Um, what's the name of the show, Kyle? Orange is the New Black. Or, yeah, yeah. Don't watch that because your opinion will change. So there you go. All right, well, I don't want that to happen because I love some Janeway. <laughs> yeah, just stay away. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm just I'm blanking on the actor's name now, too. Uh, who, Kate, nice, Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Is she on Orange is the New, the new Black? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these things happen. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's like seeing David Tennant as a uh, Barty Crouch Jr. or the the, uh, the psycho. Yeah, any of the other psychopaths that he's played, it sort of taints that. But um, you sort of connecting to things like that. Um, uh, my wife and I are big fans of the uh, British uh, crime drama, long running British crime drama series, The Midsummer Murders. Mm. And on on the current series of that, they've added another character, a new uh, forensic pathologist, and. Um, She's played by Annette Badland, who um, we admired as one of the few things we like about the Slovene episodes. That ah, um, okay. she, she's a, a fine actor, and when we saw her again, of course, as the sole survivor of the invasion from Rex Corcophallopatorius. You just love she saying got, that, don't you? I just love saying, it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so and she she's she's playing a real fun character on uh, Midsummer Murders this season too. So little. Little shout out about that. So, we we should talk about our feedback too. Uh, we you, you, we got a a comment on um, was it on iTunes? We did indeed. And yeah, that just made me so happy. What made you like really happy about it? I'm curious. Well, all of us who do a lot of podcasting, we know that it is like pulling teeth getting people to leave comments on um, 
on any of the the venues from which they uh, get to podcasts. And and I am the first to admit I don't leave feedback for people for other people's uh, podcasts. The ones so apparently that whole mechanism just kind of doesn't work. So yeah. somebody has got to really. Love. So when somebody leaves something for me for relativity, I just feel like they hung the moon in the sky because they went out of their way. They went back to the player to go back and, and write something. And I love it. And a, 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 a listener, a fan of discussing who called us a must listen show. Yes. And, and I, I remember saying it and was thinking, okay, that is freaking awesome. But before I read it, if you don't mind, you made me think mm. of something, Lee, that is worth mentioning as to why it is important to leave feedback, especially whether it's on, you know, iTunes or whether it's on Stitcher or whether it's on a Facebook page or whatever. Mm. I was listening. Well, I went and commented probably about a year, year and a half ago on a podcast that I had listened to. It was a single person doing a podcast and I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. About three or four months later, I was listening to this podcast again and the person actually mentioned discussing who and my comment you know, that I made on like we're doing for this person or about to do long story short of where I'm going with this is that person eventually met us this year at Hulanta and has been since that time on this show multiple times since then. Mm -hmm. And that <laughs> connection may have never happened with Nicole from Terminus had I not made that connection just by saying, I appreciate what you do. That's true. So. That's true. It no, all comes it, around, I guess. It does. It's it's about community, you know? So here's what this person said. The person's screen name is Jeff GQ one. This was on July the fifth, twenty eighteen. And it said the you know, the headline must listen for Doctor Who fans. It says listen to the show since around the thirties. Um I can't say that I've disliked any episode, but the team seems to be on point over the last twenty to thirty episodes. They are easy to listen to and I really like how they don't always agree. Very refreshing yeah. to have Someone who is new who teamed with those who are not. It makes for a great listen. And then he goes on, you know, to comments on some other things, which I think is a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about tonight, which is having new who versus classic Doctor Who and kind of looking back at what we've reviewed since we started with Rose with 2005. Do you guys agree? It, that, it, yeah, I was I was just thinking, man, that's that's what we want to talk about. <laughs> that's fantastic. I want to mention something really, really quick before we get into our review, a bit of mm -hmm. sad news that I saw on Facebook last night. Uh, there is a Facebook page in reference to, as Companions of the Doctor. And I saw around 7.04 p.m. last night, one of the other admins posted that the founder of the site, a gentleman by the name of Michael Forguson, had passed away. I just wanted to take a moment to, you know, send our condolences and, you know, just um, send our condolences, I guess, to his family. So there you go. And and that that had called out to you especially because that site had never failed to mention when we had posted a new episode. Correct, and we did not have to and ask then, to do that. Yeah, 
It's very sweet. And yes. then no relationship to uh, Alan Seiler's book, uh, Companions of the Correct. Doctor. That is very correct. Uh, Thank you okay. for clarifying. Michael – Alan Seiler is fine. He's, yes. He's actually yes. in New York, I think, this week having yes. a ball based on yeah. some of the things that I've seen. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that just pay some respects there. Yeah. And can I mention just a brief bit of news, I guess? Absolutely, um, sir. It's the season 12 uh, Doctor Who, uh, Tom Baker years Blu-ray is, is, is ranked number two as of Sunday, this past Sunday, ranked number two in the charts for the uh, best-selling Blu-rays in the UK. So that's pretty interesting. Wow. So, Sandwich right in between Black Panther and The Greatest Showman. So, hey, wow. <laughs> not bad for old Doctor Who. That is impressive. Wow. I, I can understand Black Panther, but I didn't think The Greatest Showman was that <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, I, I, the people I know who are fans are, are passionate, so I, I, I do get that. But, um, yeah, wow. Well, I, I, that's, that is um, – I'm, I'm just gobsmacked. That, that's, that's terrific. Um, do you suppose that this is the success of the uh, the branding campaign where they've packaged it as season mm-hmm. one? I don't know. Like this this cover that I'm actually looking at right now is a bit different. It does it actually has season twelve on it. So oh oh yeah, that's right. So, you called it season twelve. Yeah yeah. So maybe there's multiple um, covers. Maybe well, I don't know. And maybe I don't know. Ooh. Maybe I just saw that wrong. Okay, so I have a speculation <laughs> because I have seen that are in in the past, and and, and I Lee, you may can correct me on this or validate me on this. The covers to some art, you know, books or covers to music or whatever in the UK often differs to what ah, is shown in well, good, uh, the release US. Of different titles. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I'm wondering because it's does it say Clarence that what you're seeing does it say series or season? It says season. But I think you make a good point because maybe what we saw last time was like the American release, and maybe they changed it for the American release. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the route yeah. I'm going. I'm looking at Best Buy's website right now, and they have the cover art, and they call it uh, Doctor Who Tom Baker Season 1. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I guess I guess the Americans are not smart enough to know. <laughs> well, well or, or as we were talking about with Candace last time, for a lot of us, this is where Doctor Who begins. Yeah, good point. This is all we've ever known. So that, but it seems like this is the time to correct our, our <laughs> misunderstanding about that, not to reinforce it. But I don't know. Huh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Clarence. That's that's yeah, very cool. Pretty cool. I hope we can talk about not just about um, the shows we've talked about so far, but the series, the revived series as a whole. Um, we, we most certainly we can, can. And we can talk about future doctors and so on, in which case you need to sound the spoiler warning. All right. So Uh-oh. here we go. All right. So here we go. For anyone listening, we can't go an episode without having this. I have no clue as to what Lee is about to say. So just speculate that, that there's something that you might or might not know that's about to come henceforth. So, spoilers. 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 All right, Lee. So, spoiler warning has been given. And even I don't know what's coming. So, tell me what's coming. 
I don't have anything in particular in mind. I just wanted to. <laughs> I, I just knew you didn't want to do an episode where we didn't get to hear River Song for a minute. So, oh well, thank you. What a tease! <laughs> that was yeah. actually pretty darn good. I was like, you were expecting, <laughs> you know, I was expecting you to tell me something like River Song is coming back in Series Eleven or something. Well, 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 well. It would be nice. <laughs> it's not not impossible. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I did want us to be able to talk about the uh, the 50th anniversary, for example, and things like that. As if we're talking about what the revived series has brought us, because if there wasn't a new series of Doctor Who, then the 50th anniversary of the original show would have been a kind of a non-event, and instead it was this um, uh, this sort of epic thing that I, I think um, fans just. Um, if there's one thing that we all agree on, I think it seems like for the most part, Doctor Who fans really love. Um, everything done for the 50th anniversary. So just, yeah, yeah and I, I'll agree with that because, you know, having, you know, we kind of went back and, and looked at the three doctors and the five doctors and having gone back and watched that, I think we need to be grateful for, <laughs> for, you know, the kind of the crossover we got at the 50th because, you know, um, the production value of course is different times, but it's just like on a totally different scale from what we got in the classic. Yeah. So I want to have fun here for a moment. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. This w- should be boring. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I want, I want to do this. And uh, what I want to do is let's imagine for a moment that we live in a world where Doctor Who did not return in 2005 or mm-hmm. any year thereafter. And it's and it's nice. right on the, on the heels of what you guys were just saying. Mm-hmm. But what do you think some changes of things that might be different had Doctor Who not returned in 2005 or any year thereafter? So we're in 2018. There was not a revival in, you know, in 2005. What are some things that you think might be different as far as Doctor Who is concerned, the fandom of Doctor Who or anything else you might can think of? In a world where Russell T. Davies <laughs> was never born, <laughs> what would happen? Would happen. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so do we allow the existence of um, Big Finish? Mm, I, I, I don't know. This is an open question. Allow yeah, what because, you wish. Because then Doctor Who would have um, sort of transformed from being a video experience to becoming a radio drama, to becoming an audio drama. Um, because there's now been way more episodes produced by Big Finish than by the BBC. So if people wanted to say, I used to love that show back, you know, it was always sad when it ended back in the mid 80s, you know. Oh, well, have you heard, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the answer for a lot of us. But it would mean that those shows would be um, would star that there wouldn't be any Torchwood Big Finish, obviously, or River Song or any of those things. But um, so that's one thing. But no, we wouldn't be obviously we wouldn't be sitting here talking because, um, you know, the two of you um, largely connected over the revived series. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's right. And and I would say, you know, I'll take that a step further because that was actually one of mm. my things that I wrote down. I, I think Clarence and I would uh, know each other and or I would have say or, or I would say we, you know, are people that work together. But I don't want to devalue our friendship in any shape, form, or fashion. But you're rightly, you know, a lot of how Clarence and I connected was 
comic books, yes, but but mainly, mm-hmm. you know, talking Doctor Who. And for that matter, let's take it a step further. I would go so far as to speculate Clarence Brown and Lee Shackelford would not even know each other because I wouldn't know right. you either. Right. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Whew. I just broke out into a little sweat there. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we'd probably be doing discussing comic, discussing Trek. Yeah, maybe. 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 Possibly, maybe. yeah. But it did all sort of start with talking about Doctor Who. Yes, it did. But I, I think there's um, some some happy timing in the U.S. for Doctor Who because it seems to me um, – I'm now thinking, what do I base this on? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> but it seems to me like there was some happy piggybacking of the popularity of Doctor Who in the U.S. with the popularity of uh, Harry Potter. Um, a lot of the actors in those films, I mean, the books were already a giant sensation in the U.S. And then when when the, they started making the films and they're being released in the U.S., um, uh, a lot of uh, us were happy to see actors that we knew and loved from the Harry Potter franchise turn up on Doctor Who. Um, but I just think mm. there, there's sort of, um, it, 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 maybe it helps set the stage for us a little bit. I mean, we're the big market, right? We're a much bigger market than the UK. So, yeah. you know, having a lot of fans over here is make or break for a lot of things that they do. Uh, uh, and so this love of something so British as Harry Potter, something so magical and fantastical. And then along came, you know, you know what this would be a great time for? Doctor Who, haha! <laughs> Only with a budget this time, Hooray! you know. So, so that's a theory. I'm, I'm thinking. All right. And uh, and otherwise, and so without, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but so that's talking about how it got here, not about what it would be like without it. But yeah, still, anyway. All right. So you know, let's go back to that budget because Clarence, you made a reference to mm. uh, us reviewing the classic, and you said what you did about you know be glad that we've got the day of the Doctor because we've gone back and looked at the three and the five. So le- and the le- two and the two. Oh yeah. Oh, don't see, even I had forgotten the two. <laughs> so, so Clarence, I have a question for you. Let's keep in this line of speculation and say that that day that I chose to tell you about you need to start with Rose let you know you know you've got to start watching this if I would have suggested for whatever reason instead hey there's a you know TV show that used to come on that I used to watch as a kid and you can find it on uh, Netflix and it's called Doctor Who and it was made back in the 60s and 70s and it ended in you know 89 there's a uh, whole bunch of episodes, you know, go watch, um, whatever. Do you think yeah. you would have oh, been able to have watched it? Do you want me to speak blasphemy I want right you, here? No, I want you <laughs> to speak, speak honestly. <laughs> yes. I have to admit it would have been a lot harder to latch on. It would have been a lot harder to latch on. And, of course, we like older things. I like older, you know, original series Star Trek. I like that. I like the old uh, Twilight Zone and, and things like that. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been that big of an, a stretch for me to go in and try it. But latching on, it may have been a bit of a harder sell. Now, if you told me to, to start with Tom Baker, maybe I would have latched on like you did. Um, but, but yeah, I think it was a little bit harder sell for for somebody just getting into it. And there's nothing really new to to latch on to other than you know maybe you said maybe some audio drama still still existed right. <laughs> if we take this post 2005 2006 away so i don't know i think it would have been harder and i think 
I think what the two the, the the reboot of the series provided, it provided a gateway for of course for a whole new generation. Um younger i think maybe a younger generation because i think mm-hmm. if, if if there never was the reboot it would have definitely been a much older demographic and that's not necessarily a bad thing but, but i think it would have been a little bit harder for the young people to latch on I, and i quite frankly i feel the same way about star trek you know if there was just that older uh star trek to original series in existence and we didn't have like the heyday of the 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 90s um with with three different series i think it would have been a little bit harder for the newer generations to kind of come in and connect i don't know well i'll make you feel a little bit better i could you know be pretty darn sure that i probably would not have suggested to you it, at at when i talked doctor who i don't think i would have probably have suggested that to you i would have probably have found something else that was as you said current because i wouldn't have expected someone to get into something that was number one incomplete number two yeah you know made 20 30 years ago and it's funny because i say that i started with the reboot but actually when i was younger i do remember seeing some doctor who episodes but you know I wasn't at the point where I was really diving in and going from episode to episode and trying to follow the doctor as, as it goes. It was just like, Oh, I saw this show on PBS and I'm, you're kind of moving on, but I don't know. I may, maybe I could have latched on. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to, but you know, honestly, that's why I was sitting here with my mouth open when you said that, um, the, the, this Blu-ray is one of the biggest sellers in the UK because there is a part of me, much as I love the show, much as I love, Tom Baker and that first year of his series that there's a part of me saying, seriously, <laughs> really <laughs> people, people are liking this because it, it can't just all be guys my age who are, who are snapping it up for nostalgia. Yeah. That's an awful lot of customers yeah. out there. And like we were just talking about in the, the previous episode here, it, it, robot is Tom Baker's first show and He's completely charming. A lot of the things about it are just fascinating. They're mesmerizing. But some of the effects are range from the cringeworthy to the laugh out loud, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that on television. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to imagine people looking at that from our sophisticated, even jaded point of view about things like that um, and really embracing it. Um, um something about making um, Ark in space once, and they were talking about um, there's a there's a fungus that's growing on people. Spoiler for Ark in space, and um, it, it and it makes these these kind of pustules r- rise up on these people. It's it's really horrible. Um, and this is 1974. So what they're doing in the effects department is they found a plastic that has these little bubbles on it. <laughs> and so they've t- tinted it green, you know. But it's kind of the new thing. People in the rest of the world haven't seen bubble wrap so you know <laughs> it looked really cool in 1974 now we see this guy stagger in front of the camera going ah go, dude yeah. that's you've got bubble wrap on you it's you know yeah and so we we laugh but yeah it, and so yeah it, and, and it's it's really an unfair argument to have it, it really is because you look at the time doctor who came back it it was kind of the perfect timing as far as I feel a kind of production because you have the onset of more computer generated things. Things are becoming cheaper to, to produce more quality television, especially in the effects department. And 
it's kind of it really is unfair to compare it to something that that happened so long ago. And that's not to say that it's not worth going back and watching these. It certainly is, as witnessed by this chart we talked about. So I don't know. It's 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 all in what you're willing to, I guess, to digest in order to consume um, the the goodness that happened in the classic series. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I, you yeah. Know, I, but I do wonder if if I had never seen the show, heard of the show, and somebody said gave me that Blu-ray right now and said, you got to see this. I would watch Robot and Ark in Space and the Sontaran Experiment, and I think I would be thinking, how how adorable, you know? I, I think yeah. I would still be charmed by it. I would say, wow, that's th- these effects are really lame, but you can see what the effort is, and, and you can just imagine, you know, all of us who work in the live theater, we're, we're accustomed to applying our imagination, <laughs> you know, the way we're always yeah. helping things along, and so I, I tend to look at things from that from that mindset anyway, uh, on television or film or whatever. And I, I, I think I would have said, yeah, well, that's listen to this dialogue. Look at these performances. This is, you can see they're, they're struggling against a budget, but my golly, this is smart and yeah. funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This group. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and kind of thing that latches me on, I do watch older things, you know, not just Dr. Who, but sometimes I'm in, I'm in awe of what they're able to accomplish you know, just from thinking about what television was at that time, yeah. you know, some of the stuff, okay, you can say is hokey, it's not the best, but some of the stuff is like, wow, they really were able to pull that off and it's believable. And it, it, that shouldn't have been possible back then, you know. So it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, I look at it as that's a testament to the actors who were chosen to play the doctor that they can yeah. play and make that believable, even though you're seeing something so hokey as somebody in bubble wrap, but yet they pull that off and make it believable. Yeah. You got to get out there and commit to it. And, and they did. You know, and and they, they did. did. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, we often talk how Sarah Jane is the beloved companion because for, I guess, cause for most people it's her first and, is that just merely the same thing with Tom Baker? Is it that he's just an excellent doctor? His portrayal was the best, or is it just simply he was my first? Hmm. Yeah, and I, if I could, if I could give you an objective answer to that, I would. But you know, <laughs> he, he was my first, and so I can't untangle that. I think I've seen a lot of other things that Tom Baker has done, and I think he's a terrific actor. I recommend to anybody the great historical drama Nicholas and Alexandra, oh, yes. in, in which he's Rasputin, and wow, evilly um, so, yeah, evilly so, and um, and and my favorite of all the Ray Harryhausen movies, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, in which he's the evil sorcerer Kuras, and uh, boy, is he great in that too. Um, so you know, we know that he's a fantastic actor, and he was getting these wonderful scripts. That that played on his alienness and his his playfulness. You know, they gave him an opportunity to to kind of um, uh, to be cool, to be silly, up to the point where it was no longer possible to be silly. And um, I, I, I just, I just, yeah, I think I think he would still be my favorite Doctor if I was coming to the series now and watching William Hartnell and then Patrick Troughton, and you know, I I, I think so. But who knows? You know, I, I'm still trying to get past the, the 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 show a few episodes back where 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 Clarence, where you asked us what is the deal with Sarah Jane, and Kyle and I both said, uh, 
<laughs> you know, because it really is hard to defend. I, I think I love her because she was my first companion. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought she was really cute. And, you know, I was pretty young when I first saw those. So, yeah, this is probably just a <laughs> adolescent crush, and I can't defend it, you know, looking so, back. So, and no, I just, yeah. Okay, so here's so, – well, well, let, let me let me ask this real quick, Kyle. I want you both to answer this. Mm. What, what if I spin the question just a little bit? Let me just put a little bit of spin on it. What if we take Tom Baker, mm. put him in the post-2005 era with the special effects and the story writing that we have yeah. now? Is he the best of the new Doctors? If he lives in that era and can be in that production environment with these type of stories at the age he was then, right? Yeah. yeah at the, yeah, yeah, certainly was, at the age he was then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. 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 I think he'd be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. I would have, uh, I mean, no offense to any, uh, ninth doctor fans, but I would easily give up Eccleston for a, uh, eight year run of, uh, and, and ultimately if I say an eight year run of Tom Baker, I'm ultimately then giving up, uh, Tenant as well as Matt Smith, but, uh, to, <laughs> you know, to see Tom Baker in his prime with production values as they are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, but t- going back to Clarence, your original question, I, I agree with everything that Lee said and I, I'll second everything that he just, he just said about, you know, Tom Baker being the first doctor that he experienced, but holding on to that eight years that I was referring to. As far as screen time goes, he has had more years of screen time than any other doctor. So regardless of my opinion of what I think of Tom Baker, something I think has to be said for being on there for the amount of years. Whether I, I'm not sure if it was seven or eight, but seven, seven. Yeah. OK, no, but, I was but just longer than bring that up. And Sarah Jane was also a companion for years and years. And and so I think that's part of it, why we think of the two of them as being the, the doctor and the companion, because they they kind of in that way, they had a chance that the others have not. They that nobody has had sense, certainly to to get um, to sort of live in the in the public mind for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, look at back in the first doctor era, you know, you had Sarah Kingdom who lasted like an episode or so, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had Dodo that just kind of, um, they're on their way back to the TARDIS. And then when the, uh, other two get back, they tell the doctor, Oh, well, she decided to go somewhere else. And then they all just leave. <laughs> Did she? Yes. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I- imagine if any of the doctors, uh, I mean, uh, who's been the doctor the longest since 2005? It's Matt Smith, right? No, that would be oh, David. It, in number of episodes, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, probably yeah, in high Um, yeah, this is the kind of thing we ought to know. Yeah, it, it would either be Matt Smith or David Tennant, but I'm not sure yeah. which one. But in any case, nobody, none of our our, our recent four four and a half doctors have, have been uh, have have had seven years. Yeah, exactly. On the show. Yeah. So, so, so in that way, comparing Tom Baker to anybody is never going to be fair. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to go uh, up to 2005 and and kind of focus the shift back on us and what we've been doing since 2005, looking at, you know, series one and series two. And we're about halfway through series two. So let's talk series one for a moment. Just in general, what have you guys enjoyed most 
about what you've seen so far revisiting these in order of the 2005 series? Hmm. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I think people just give uh, Christopher Eccleston the, the short shrift. He is a fantastic doctor, and I would love to have had him for more than one season because I just, I mean, in his own words, he's fantastic. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I just, in, in, uh, the introduction to Rose and seeing him and Rose together, their interactions, um, like a lot of you guys like to mention pre love interest doctor, <laughs> if uh-huh. you want to say that. Yep. Um, I just think Christopher Eggleston just does not get the due he's deserved because he's on so many levels um, pr- portraying this heaviness that he ha- that he has on his shoulders, as well as being fun and, and joyful and just the range of emotion he provides. He's just a, a different doctor, and I just really enjoyed him. Right. What about you, Lee? What do you think? Uh, well, I, I agree with that completely. What Was the question, what have we enjoyed the most yeah what have you enjoyed most uh since since you the uh review of these episodes oh specifically the 2005 what have you enjoyed most about it um the fact that the intervening time between the end of the original series and i guess we're, we're calling the tv movie the the end of the original series yeah sure maybe or or was it survival i've always looked at it as survival honestly yeah. Okay. So, and and the TV movie lives in its own limbo. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, well, <laughs> it, that, that's not to say it doesn't exist. It's just <laughs> is it is it new series or is it old series? It was. Uh, yeah. In 1996, it sure seemed. It was mid regeneration. It was mid regeneration. Did right. he did he make up for that? I thought he made up for that. He did Paul absolutely in the night. He absolutely. Oh yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Hmm. But but for for writers like Russell G. Davies and Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss and everybody else to have the time and to, to for the showrunners to take the uh, approach in 2005 that we're going to bring back Doctor Who, but but it's going to be just like it used to be, except we're going to start taking things seriously that we've glossed over before. Yeah. What is it? What happens to these companions after their their time with the Doctor ends? Yes, you know uh, that's fascinating to me. How in the hell can people be, <laughs> understand what what people's languages are all all throughout the universe, throughout all of time and space? We've always had the the flippant explanation in the past. You know, it, it, well that's what happens when you travel with the Doctor. Now we've got this whole idea of the TARDIS as a as a telepathic living being that inhabits the mind of companions and so they are being altered you know it's ideas like that that we've never um really taken seriously before um and and i just i I, that's what i love about the new series honestly is 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 taking things like that um and seeing where that will lead um there there are things that would become blind alleys like we were talking about a couple episodes back about um once we've uh, open the idea that there are multiple universes um, th- that are v- similar to our own, but with some important differences. You know, uh, why haven't we explored that further? Because I think that would be such a 
um, uh, 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 I don't know, a rat's nest of yeah. storylines, you know. So they've had the wisdom to not pursue some things, but some things like this whole thing about what happens to how do you part from companions, and and, and the, you know that 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 thing that uh, the doctor says in school reunion, you know, you you can stay with me for the rest of your life, but I can't stay with you for the rest of yeah. my life. And that's always been true, but we're, uh, now we're in, now we're it, this is a series where. It not only can be said, but it has to be said. And, um, sorry, I'm on a roll now. The, like, a, like, mm-hmm. a, like Bill's big question, which I guess, um, somebody else had asked before. How, how many people have you killed? Yeah. And when did you stop counting? Hmm. That's deep. You know? <laughs> it's deep. And it, you know, it's never not been true. You know, we saw the doctor contemplating killing somebody in the second episode of the original series. Yeah. And I rock. Yeah, but the yeah, rock, yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh, it's always been there. Yeah. Well, can, can I ask are are these questions that we had during the classic era, or are has the new series kind of brought those out and made us think a little further to try to address address those? I, th- I think they were deliberately being avoided. That it was just, hmm. it's just this isn't that we don't we don't go there. Or do we not just think uh, about saw, it in some degree? Well, I think fans certainly were talking about it, you know, people and certainly people like Russell T. Davies, you know, fans like Stephen Moffat, you know, they're saying, you know, if I ever wrote up Doctor Who, I'd want to, you know. No, no, no. But but, but let me say this or where I was trying to go with that was what was some of that similar in some eras, maybe not all of them. But look at Genesis of the Daleks, where there's the do I put the two wires together and and commit genocide? That's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that that big questions were not addressed on the show. There certainly were. Um, I'm just saying that the show, there were some aspects of the show that were, the showrunners did not allow the show to question itself. Ah, understood, understood. Got you. So so do we think post, you know, 2000s, the internet is, is booming. Do we think it's because it's not just a one-way communication for the most mm. part? Of course, you had magazines and stuff back then yeah. and write-in letters. Mm-hmm. But I think the degree to where it's more of a you do something, you get feedback is mm-hmm. just like astronomical compared to 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 maybe times past. So maybe they have to address this or they m- might be called out a bit more for it. Hmm. Mm, that's a, that's an interesting theory. Um, yeah, it's because I, it, certainly you could do a show where you still don't answer the big questions, you know, but – you can't. Well, I think maybe it's now it's a little worse than maybe it was 2005 because yeah. you have these people going to Comic Cons, going to mm. it's, it's more of an interact on Twitter. It's more of an interactive thing. And if you don't, I mean, look at The Last Jedi. <laughs> if you Whoa. take something and don't address it or oh. or don't hold true to what kind of what we know it to be. I mean, the fans backlash. They rebel. You know, before Last Jedi, I would have said no, but you're right, because um, this has been amazing, this pushback on Last Jedi. And I guess the the furor over having a, a female doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah so, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe even the last few doctors. I mean, who is going to be all this, all the hype that is online and leaks and it's, it's kind of a different world. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, look at when Peter Capaldi was announced as the doctor. You talk about it being a different world. They had a live broadcast that was simulcast to the United States announcing live who the new doctor was so that the BBC could break the news. Yeah. And, and, and even so with Wimbledon this year, you know, last year, the, you know, the Super Bowl per se of, I would assume, you know, British sports with Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, you had right in the middle of a major match, the announcement of the 13th doctor. I don't think that would mm-hmm. have happened 30 years ago. No. And, and that slick little film produced to, uh, to introduce uh, Jody Whitaker too. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. And then I know you guys mentioned these webisodes uh, mm-hmm. from uh, series two. So, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And another that's I was just thinking about that because that's another good example of how much and how quickly things are changing because that experiment really didn't work because there weren't enough people who had phones at the time in which they could watch video. Exactly. So it just didn't work. Well, now. Yeah. Holy Hannah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so do we think the change in format of because because the the episodes ran for 30 minutes in classic am i correct mm-hmm. saying that? yeah about 23 usually 25 serious, yeah right and they were usually serials of four parts long hmm. do we feel it was a huge difference from going to like 46 minute episodes uh fully contained episodes versus you know uh 24 minute four episode arcs it's it's a whole different way of telling the story and and i think it's remains one of the really one of the major barriers to people who are real accustomed to hour long drama um as we have mo- you know is what most of what we have in the US and when if they try to go back and see classic who there's a there's a cliffhanger you know <laughs> every few yeah. minutes and and the story sometimes re- really can it can take time it can you can you can introduce tertiary characters who are yeah. not going to impact the storyline and, and really spend time with them and sit down and have a conversation with them. And it's one of the things I always loved about the series, but it's a different pace. It's a different it tempo really than we're accustomed to today. And I think a lot of people would find that just maddening. Um, yeah. So now we gallop along and tell the story in 45 minutes instead. <laughs> Boom. And we're done. And yeah. So, I did find it quite weird when we went back to to uh, watch Unearthly Child and Unearthly Child. And it was it was kind of weird having four separate episodes of this one story. I have to admit it it felt it felt weird. So imagine if I were to say, let's review the second doctor's last series or last uh, story, The War Games, which is 10 episodes, Mm, 10 episodes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, um, I love war games, though. <laughs> it's, uh, um, they made it work. Yeah, they did. I, and I they always did. have had a speculation about the war chief. So, but that's another mm-hmm. speculation for another day. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we've often, and we've been talking about, you know, the, uh, the, uh, different eras, even though we've not used the word era in, uh, what we've been saying. But let's, I want to ask a question about Eccleston real quick, which is, if you were to describe the ninth doctor's era, you know, like I would say the twelfth doctor's era for me was sad. The ninth doctor, how would you describe that era since it's only one season? It's only 
one, mm-hmm. you know, 13 episode span, how would you define or describe his era? Either of you, it doesn't go for it. The, the word that jumped to my mind was frantic. Hmm. Okay. Tell me and, why. And I imagine that's, well, that's, I'm probably now thinking about the, the comparatively languid pace of the original series. And then when, when I saw Rose, I felt like I'd been shot out of a cannon. You know, it was, um, it's just like everything happened at once. Wham, wow, pow, we got a new companion. Hooray, 45 minutes. We, uh, the the tempo of these episodes is so much quicker. Um, and, and I think there are later episodes, stories of the 11th and 12th doctor where this, this show is allowed to, to sort of slow down again and sort of really take its time with some of its storytelling. And um, the, the, these scripts for, um, for the ninth doctor there, it's always like, like a bull at the gate. They're just, you know, you start the episode and whoosh, away we go. It's, hmm. um, which is thrilling, you know, but, uh, yeah, but you know, you're, you're right. He did have this frantic air about him, a frantic, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you never really kind of knew what to expect or where it was going. And yeah. you're right. Rose did bring a different dynamic than I think any companion you know, has brought before. I remember when we did our review on Podshock and talk about Rose the first time that we, you and I had an opportunity to review Rose and talked about how her being Rose just worked for a new generation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> it so, just struck me that uh, literally uh, almost the very first thing that the, the doctor says in the new series is run. Yes, and they haven't And he's stopped, not kidding. And, and they, they haven't, and they haven't stopped. stopped since. Yeah. So, um, you know, Lee, can you remember back in the day, the running, what pretty much happened, I'm picturing the second doctor, you know, running from being shot at, I remember one time. But do you ever remember, you know, did it and pretty much they all run to some degree? Yeah, if they're outdoors. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the the uh, the studio, you know, square footage they had to shoot in inside didn't permit a lot of running. So, um, yeah. Good point. So what about you, Clarence? Uh, you know, uh, Lee and I have been rambling. What, what about you? What uh, what would you are, have given to the Ninth Doctor in a description for his era? Hmm. What would I have given? Um Again, like I think I said it, but but very seemed like he it was he had his heavy sense about him. Uh, we get the revelation of of his people, and and um you know he's the last. We see that he's the last of his kind, the last one, the last time lord. And you know from from every moment I, he's on screen, I feel like I see or feel that weight that that he has from that. And um, but certainly providing a a, a good amount of fun. Which, you know, that's, you, I love that about him. I love that about him. Uh, he, fantastic, you know, and the interactions between him and Rose and, and just the kind of the bond that they had together. I just, uh, really loved it. And, and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Just fantastic. <laughs> so going on to mm-hmm. from fantastic to brilliant, um, Alan Z even, what do you guys see that David Tennant his appearance as the tenth doctor was there a shift in tone, and if so, how? Um, to me, it 
Hmm. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to separate the way he looks from the doctor, but that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But I I, I just kind of felt it changed the show in a bit that certainly uh, we've talked about Rose's opinion of the doctor has changed because, you know, look, David Tennant, the looks and, you know, it's 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 just whether it's meant to be or not, which I do think it was meant to be to a certain degree. It's just different. It's just different because you go from this normal looking guy to a guy who's pretty much a heartthrob and then Rose is pretty much swooning over him the whole time. Um, so, I mean, I think it does change the tone of the show, um, but but not necessarily in a bad way. Agreed. Agreed. What about you, Lee? What do you think? It seems to me that the show gets brighter. Um, and I mean, not, not just in the sense that there's sort of more fun and happy things that happen. Um, I mean, think about where literally what things look like and feel like at the beginning of Rose and think about what things look like and feel like at the beginning of new earth. Mm. Didn't I? It's an excellent point because we don't leave earth during the, um, I guess we do. We don't go to another planet. No, but, but, but we are in, we are in, in, in some shape, form or fashion in and around the remains or the orbit of earth. Mm -hmm. I'm not on it. Yeah. Yeah. We never leave earth orbit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so the first thing the 10th Doctor does is say, OK, we're through with that. Now we're going to go to a completely different planet and in the distant future. And and there's going to be cats. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just there, there was I think there is more whimsy that comes along with David Tennant's time. And a lot of that comes from him. Um, and uh, his doctor is I think is just having is having more fun. Mm. He's still aware of being the last of the Time Lords and the the tragedy of Gallifrey, but it's not um, it's not it doesn't preoccupy him to the same degree. Yeah, great. And, uh, yeah. and instead, he he's the one who gets excited about something like a clockwork robot. Oh, you are beautiful, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just loving the adventure of his life, and uh, and Rose is. Well, yes, Clarence is saying she's just following him around hypnotized, you know, (laughs) so, uh, yeah. You know, I just thought the best description that was given to the 10th Doctor was given by Clara, actually. And and, and it's funny because we were talking about Day of the Doctor at the beginning of this episode. But uh, there is a line that she does at uh, one point in the story where she says, you know, any anybody could be this, uh, you know, a warrior, a hero. And that was the um, word or the description that she gave to David Tennant's 10th doctor is he was the hero. And then, and it's funny listening to you guys talk about that because you talking made me think of Clara saying you were the hero. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I definitely feel that Matt Smith and David Tennant are closer in tone, maybe, than um than than Eccleston. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about how do we compare then the Matt Smith slash David Tennant tone to Peter Capaldi? Hmm. Oh, that that goes back to my word that I said earlier. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I I think a lot of the twelve Doctor stories are really. Are really sad. Yeah, I think there's more, and I've never thought of this before. But I think there's more similarities to some degree 
in the ninth doctor and the twelfth doctor than I think I had ever mm-hmm. realized before now. Yeah, I agree. Wow, mm-hmm. that's deep. I had never thought of that. Yeah. And see, that's the whole reason for us having this conversation. Exactly, because I'm serious. <laughs> I have so. never yeah. thought that before. Yeah. Wow. Deep. Okay, so kind of in wrapping up, I've got one last thing I want to ask uh, you guys. And then, you know, if you guys have any other things you want to talk about, then we'll do our wrap up. But considering that we've been talking about where we've been since episode 90, let's talk about where we're going. We've We've got... Another half of season two left to review, or maybe just a little less than half of series uh, two to review. Then we move into series three, which we know comes Martha Jones. Then into series four with Donna Noble. Are there anything that stands out that you're looking forward to with those Martha and Donna series or what are you, if not, what are you looking most forward to about Martha or Donna? Hmm. I'm looking forward to Donna's sassiness. <laughs> it's not really sad. I, I like her and the doctor going at it. And, you know, they're the way they compete in a sense. I, I just can't wait till we get back into that, into that era. And as well as Martha Jones, um, I'm trying to remember what about her that I, that really just stuck out to me. And I really can't, <laughs> she, she doesn't, she doesn't jump out to me as one of the most memorable companions for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys can speak to that, but she just doesn't. I don't know why. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to getting into the Martha Jones era, just so that we can have Nicole back on as a guest because she yeah. loves, loves, loves Martha. Yeah. And I, I, it sounds like we've got the same question for her that Clarence had for us about Sarah. Uh, Sarah Jane. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, d- defend the Martha because I, I'm willing to be convinced. You know, I yeah. Um, yeah. For for a long time, Human Nature and Family of Blood, that two-parter, that was my favorite Doctor Who of the new series, hands down, bar none. I love Human mm. Nature and Family of Blood, and that's a that's a Martha. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, and she is the hero of that story, no question. She, she, I mean, she's the one who makes it all possible. So I love that. I love her in that story. Um, so you know, I'm 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 looking for I'm looking forward to our talking about that. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the thing is like I I I know that I really love Martha but I can't it's sort of like you guys with Sarah Jane I can't I can't yeah. tell you why but what I is it exactly? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of me. I I like Martha. There you know there's not a new who companion that there that I dis disregard in in any way and and Martha it's kind of like what Clarence was saying I can't say why I liked her. I did like her, and I think I liked her to some degree because she wasn't Rose. And she basically yeah. stood up and said, I'm not Rose, and I'm leaving. And yeah. what a tough act to follow. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's what people were saying in the fandom at the time, as I recall, that her, her name might as well be not Rose. You know? <laughs> yeah. That should just be her name, you know. You know, I liked the, I will tell you one thing that I did like about Martha was, yes, she was only on for one series as a full companion. But what people often forget is while she may have not only may have only been as the traveling companion 
for one season. She did return for three or four, maybe five episodes, but at least four episodes in series uh, four. And for the other time that she was not on, she was on Torchwood that year. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, I remember that. Those so, so she was not a one-off companion as just well, she was around one season and she was gone. She actually will have more screen time than Bill did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, so uh, do we do we think that in the new Jimno era, do we think we'll see anybody pre uh, his era come in and, and do anything? Hmm. Well, I saw a new a news story that said Shibnall uh, plans to bring back classic Doctor Who oh. villain, you know, hmm. which I, f- I figure is just the Daleks. So don't don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't yank my chain, you know. Like, well, we already know who that's going to be, don't we? Yeah. Well, I did read, you know, nothing confirmed by any shape, form, or fashion. This is more of a speculation that there could be a possible affirmative. Uh, in the future, but mm. I don't know, you know, how true that is, or that's just mere speculation. I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm all about seeing, you know, people I've seen before, but I'm really looking forward to new. I, I mm. want new, you know, yeah. what, whatever new is, I want new. The clean break. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. You know, I, and maybe at least for the first series, I don't want you know, River Song on, believe it, I'm going to say this. I don't want River Song on for half a season. I don't want Captain Jack on for half a season. I don't want Martha on or Donna. I don't want anybody to be able to say, well, it was only good because blah, 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 uh, and blah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's yeah, excellent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I want new companions, possibly new, uh, villains. And this new doctor and people love it and it be all new. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's some version of the master, but a different, no different to performer, that would, that would be, yeah. that would be okay. Cause you feel like you got to have the master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The doctor is, but, um, okay. Let me rephrase that. I, yeah. I want everything new, 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 uh, unless of course somebody needs to say something nice and then I'd be perfectly happy with that. But, I see, I, yeah, I, I can't draw the line at Michelle Gomez there. No, I, I think if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna make a clean break. It's gotta be <laughs> say something nice. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So, guys, do you guys have any other speculations or thoughts or something before we wrap? Anything that we've not covered that you'd like to? Hmm. Clarence, maybe. Um. I'll just say that I'm looking forward to see uh, to seeing Captain Jack come back um, eventually on the, on our next few seasons that we review. That should be fun. Cool, because yes, he's always true. fun. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'm. Uh, yep. I agree. Always looking forward to that. And I didn't say this earlier. I'm actually looking forward to the Runaway Bride because while I haven't seen that and I uh, can't tell you when, I keep reminding myself that I could not stand Donna. In her first appearance and mm-hmm. and knowing that she went on and I've said this on this show before to be one of my favorite companions. I'm curious and anxious to see that first Donna appearance and see if my opinion has changed. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember having all those feelings too. Yeah. I, I, and you know, I always say I love the runaway bride, but the truth is what I love is the TARDIS chasing that cab down the, the highway. <laughs> that's just, that's just one of my favorite things in life. <laughs> I'll just watch that scene over and over again. <laughs> but um, uh, here's some trivia. This is not related to our looking. Well, I guess this is really to our looking ahead. Um, I'm doing a, a count just from episodes as they are listed on Wikipedia. And if I have counted correctly, somebody correct me. David Tennant appeared as the doctor on the series 47 times. And Matt Smith was the doctor in 43 episodes. Ah. Oh. Hmm. So they were almost neck and neck. And I did count the 50th anniversary special for both of them. Uh, Day of hmm. the Doctor for both of them. So, did, okay, did you did you count webisodes? I did not. Good, because if you had, I was about to say, well, add another one for David Tennant. But I'm, I'm revising that because I think if we added webisodes, Matt would have uh, probably um, put put him over if we did yeah, webisodes. Yeah, because he, yeah, yeah, he did a bunch, too. Yeah. So interesting. But so they were they were neck and neck as uh, their longevity as the doctor. I would be curious so. to know how many did Capaldi have? Um, I did count those as well, but I didn't write it down. It's it's not, it's nowhere near forty three. Twelve and uh, Christmas thirteen. Twelve and Christmas twenty six. Christmas twenty seven, and then uh, twelve whatever that is twenty seven and twelve yeah. uh, thirty nine and one so forty. Okay, that's closer than I thought. So, and then of course, you know, Eccleston had thirteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing. So, so for our, and John Hurt had one. Yes. Um, that. Um, yeah. So that's been the precedent so far. Is that you're the Doctor for about forty episodes? Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Well, I think that hmm. There you go is a good point to end on. So I want to go around hmm. the table and ask you guys. What other things you might be working on? And Mr. Brown, I'll start with you. I'll just say check out our YouTube channel, which can be found at youtube.com slash discussing network. All right. Mr. Shackelford. Check me and my stuff out at relativitypodcast.com. All right. And for anyone listening, you can also check out other things that we're working on at discussingnetwork.com. So we thank you for joining us for our uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey discussion that's what next time we have that that's what we're going to call this this is our yeah. wibbly wobbly timey wimey discussion so <laughs> we appreciate you listening and you know be sure to subscribe to the show using apple podcast stitcher player fm whatever podcast player you would like be sure to subscribe so that you get all the latest episodes and with that we will be back next time Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David David Tennant, 
the list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.